Hello, and welcome back to the Electric Punch Podcast. As always, I am your host, Logan Grigsby, and we are going to have another fantastic show for you tonight. We will discuss music, philosophy, the arts and culture, and this is all made possible by you, the listener. Like, shares, rating, telling telling your friends, everything is absolutely appreciated. And with that, I would like to welcome tonight's guest from Rocking Out 420 Fest to bringing down the house at Moda Mansion and most recently absolutely killing it opening for Crystal Skies at the Encore. I would like to welcome Michael Castro, otherwise known as DJ Castro. Uh, So my first question off the block is, do you think fruits and vegetables can feel pain? That's a good question. This is something that me and my girlfriend has actually talked about before, believe it or not. Um, it was probably like an hour long argument of trying to figure it out because <laughs> one of my other, her, a good friend of ours is vegan and that's how we got into the whole conversation in itself. She was saying that she thinks it's scientifically possible that it does. I was saying that it doesn't. <clears throat> they say when the smell of fresh cut grass is it screaming. Really? If you've ever heard that, it's it letting out pheromones and those pheromones is the grass Which screaming. could make sense too because you can smell it, you can taste it, and you can see it there. I feel like that uh, could be pretty true. Absolutely. So if you were any fruit, what fruit would you be and why? I would say... Hmm. I want to be a grape. Great. Grapes are good. I said the fine apple, prickly on the outside, sweet and salty on the inside. (laughs) Uh, So why don't you tell me about your musical background? What was your role of music growing up in your life? Um, at the very beginning, there wasn't much. I just was kind of a kid roaming around my family's house and uh, they had a bunch of stuff going on at the time in their marriage, but... Right, there was one time when my dad came to the basement and played our piano because I was in lessons, mm-hmm. but I hated it. Hated it. I absolutely hated music and everything about it just because I didn't want to practice, but everybody around me kept telling me to do so. And eventually there was one time, like I was saying, my family was going through some shit and I went downstairs to see my dad playing and he was playing The Entertainer by Scott Joplin. And for some reason it just clicked in my head as to like, I want to play like that mm-hmm. and do what I can there. So you, know? you come from a pretty music family, it sounds like. Your dad played uh, anybody else, sisters, brothers? I would say once a generation, there's one kid that oh, does. Does. About. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're like the Highlander, Highlander <laughs> of this generation, right? We'll see. All right, so what, all, in- what all instruments can you play? I play the piano. The blues harmonica, the Ooh. trumpet, and I play bass and guitar. I sing. I used to play the pipe organ for church, and I played the saxophone for a bit, and I can play the drums. Okay. Um, who do you think put the alphabet in order, and why did they put <laughs> Does the order matter? I love that question. That's a good one. I would say... The order, the order really only matters in certain situations. Do you think the order didn't matter until they made the song, and then they're like, "Okay, this is this is a banger. This is a banger. <laughs> yeah, is we a gotta slapper. keep we gotta keep it like this." Play this at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, yeah, I feel like that's the only reason why it does have an order. Because why would it matter? We still yeah, read words the we same still way. read words the Left same way. Right. Um, if you could instantly master any instrument, what do you think you would choose? Ooh. 
I want a didgeridoo. Ooh, you know, boom, boom, my boom, dad boom, has boom, one, boom, but I can boom. never figure out how to do circular breathing. And I would just love to be at dance fest or something. Yeah, like just boom, going boom, off. Boom, yeah. I remember <laughs> people used to have them at Drum Tribe. Yeah, people used to have dope. them at Drum Tribe. <laughs> I think the the what's the what's the big one they play the harp not not harmonica the. Harp? Uh, Harp? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I the harp harps. would be kind of neat. I wanted to as a kid. I used to beg my mom to put me in harp lessons all the time, and she was just like, no. No, no we're not <laughs> going there. Yeah, straight though. So why don't you tell me about your first music teacher? Was that your father, or? I went to Meyer Music as a kid. I started when I was about four, mm-hmm. and my first teacher, her name was Alice. I was four or five, and at the time... I didn't like her because, like I said, I didn't like how rigid she was. She was very much, looking back, a professionalism-based teacher, and mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. I was just like this wild yeah. child. child. Like, I couldn't stand still for five minutes, but piano made me do that. Looking back at her teaching, my dad would always talk about how great of a teacher she was, and I'd be confused. But now I see it because she was pushing me towards performance and competition and auditions off the bat absolutely she was like i have this thing at this school come (laughs) with me you you have this you should be performing but i'd always be like this song isn't cool enough for like a piano (laughs) recital i'm five years old type (laughs) shit you know so she ever snap your knuckles with the uh ruler or anything <laughs> like that? Rumor has play better teacher did though apparently (laughs) straight up ruler on the knuckles Uh, so have you ever helped mentor or train anybody else i did i was a uh, professional music teacher for a little bit. I worked at the School of Rock Ooh. for probably about a year. And it, it was so cool. So you know Jack Black? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Very personally. Um, so out of all the DJs you know on a personal level, who do you think just has the best chance of survival on a deserted island? Let's see here. Who's somebody? I've, I'm trying to think of someone who can just... I think of Take the people off. I see at Dance Fest and can just... Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, Cohen. I think <laughs> yeah, so too. Sure. I think so too. That's a good one. You can totally do it. Um, okay, so what are some of the first concerts you went to, and do you have any concert that like mate stands out to you that said I want to be a part of this? Shit, I would say the first show that I went to that I was like I want to do that was when I was a kid and I went to Transiberian Orchestra. I Ooh. saw them. 16 years in a row after that. Damn. But it was like, it was during Jane was her name's piano solo because I later on got her autograph on my cell phone when I was a kid that night. But I don't know. Just seeing her in the spotlight with that piano, I was like, damn, that's sick. I want to do that. You know what I mean? Because they're like standing up and they look really cool in their outfits. All the effects going on. (laughs) Um, So what was the first show that you participated in? Hmm. I would say it was through crowd control Mm -hmm. and it was this one show in Topeka. Mm -hmm. It was like the first time that I had been booked under a company to perform and I was really excited about it, but that was the first one. It was like super small crowd, but it was so exciting to me because I was playing with people that I knew were big names in my head as like Mm -hmm. Acer Vantes and, uh, Chiquito Fuego at the time, you know, like I looked up to all of them and they didn't know it yet. But to me, I was just this new kid walking on. Yeah, I had just gotten out of work. So I was just wearing like (laughs) my literal work uniform on stage. Work boots. Yeah, it says like 
Castro on it, <laughs> and then it said Jiffy Lube on the other side of a patch and shit. Like, I was embarrassed, but it was a good show. Absolutely. So, is there a show that you could say that you're most proud of? Hmm. I would say the best way for me to put that in. I need to put it into a category of the best performance I think I have had that I was very proud of would have to be, I would say 420 Fest was my favorite just Absolute because last. I didn't expect to like, I hadn't practiced in like a week and mm-hmm. I didn't expect to like do all that great, but it just was just when I was up there, I don't know. I just get in the zone it happens, and I see people and I'm like, awesome, let's go. Like, I'd say the most proud of would be recently. As far as just how my name is going and my brand, I am proud of the Encore because for the first time, my family, for instance, is treating it like I have a professional job. That's always nice. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that show? How, how did it go? How do you feel It was feel cool. you went? It was cool and such a learning experience because I haven't played a venue like that yet. Mm-hmm. I'd say so about a week ago, I was like hanging out with my friend Jordan and him and I were talking about how like I need to start incorporating my piano stuff into my music like how can I Absolutely do this? that I love I love incorporating the other genres. It made it it made it so cool. And it was the first time I think because like stuff was going wrong with my flash drive so it took me a while but literally that day of Saturday was the first day I had everything hooked up with my mixer, my record box, and everything ready to go with the piano. And I spent all day practicing it just to see if I could do it. And I really only ended up getting two or three things rehearsed. Oh, man. The rest of it was improv for the next, okay, like, 40 minutes. Okay, but sometimes minutes. playing from the heart <laughs> yeah, is, what, is, is what's best, though. It was cool, though. It was really entertaining for me because I was so busy and i loved that because mm-hmm. i was just constantly, constantly doing, doing something. something and i loved it because for the first time there wasn't a time where i could mm-hmm. look around and be like i'm bored like you and know what just I mean? going, yeah full throttle the and entire it was cool time. i'd say what i wish i could have done better was there's this mix that i do where i throw both channels up on both songs and i step back from the mix and i try to solo over it with a jazz piano scale Ooh. and it sounded really good at home like i did something mm-hmm. great and then I showed up and I did it at the Encore Live. And the whole time I'm just fucking it up. Oh, like not doing man. good. Oh, like, man. I almost laughed. I was just like, damn, dude, that was bad, bad. Like I really got to practice and maybe write out something. Absolutely. For- <laughs> jazz, jazz piano getting mixed in though. I yeah. love the idea. It that was cool at great. first. But I ran, it was just on the spot. There's so much shit going on. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really. Absolutely. Didn't realize how much more effort I'd have to have. put into. I thought it'd be a walk in the park. You know, like, hey, everybody takes some practice. Everything dude, takes takes trying. Sometimes you're not going to figure out how to do that. I was I guarantee very you're going to do next better next time. So, what uh, what were you like in high school? Uh, I had two high school careers, pretty much. Mm-hmm. My first one was at Blue Valley West. I was a very on my own with a few friends, I was just kind of like an emo kid. I, I feel, wore, I feel that I had long hair, eyeliner, yeah, and shit. I had the eyeliner, the yeah. tees. Don't have I to tell that. me. I love that. I'll still wear eyeliner at my shows sometimes, but that's who I was. I was really the kind of kid. I don't know. I just liked to fuck around and piss people off. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I enjoyed. I think I was just immature as fuck and enjoyed the negative attention. 
but at the same time, I felt proud to just make a stance in like say fuck the school, fuck some, the establishment. Yeah, like, there was this one uh, newspaper stand that I used to. The school had a newspaper, mm-hmm. and so they'd always have these stands around the halls and shit. And every day after school, this is just one of the times where like nobody was watching. I don't know why I did this. I was just that kid, I guess. But I literally would take it every day after school when no one was looking and it was in front of the office and I would just flip it upside down. And then I kept doing that for like weeks. It just didn't <laughs> stop. Because by the time I kept noticing someone was putting it back, I was like, I have to keep doing I it. I have to keep doing it. And then this. one time I, I they invested. caught me and they immediately sent me to the principals. But <laughs> I was that kid because to me, I was like, why is this such a big deal? You know, I exactly. wanted to exploit the things that people made a huge deal that was not. Yeah. I think that's why I did a lot of it. The second high school career, I dropped out when I was a junior and Mm -hmm. I went to rehab and then I came back two or three years later and went to a different high school at Blue Valley High this time. And at that point, I was just an entirely different kid. So I had such a new experience of like socialization and like reaching out to people and I don't know. Like for the first time I was friends with so many different types of people and didn't mind mm-hmm. even the people that I used to would have judged in my judged, emo face, yeah. you know, like, and we were just friends and it was just really nice to be able to experience a normal high school life after I, three I years. I feel of that shit. completely. I feel yeah. that through that completely. I struggled with drugs in and out of high school. I did too. Yeah, sir. So I feel I that completely. The, uh, the key. Thank you. Sir. So, um, obviously your parents are very musical. What do they think of your career goals and how do you feel they've contributed to your journey? They contributed in the sense that they would always show up to, they would always show up to all my shows as a kid. So it made me feel important and they would always be talking to the other adults about how much they loved their kid and how talented he was. Now, my dick ass at the time took that as, <laughs> oh, you don't care about me. You don't pay for my instruments. You don't do shit. You're only talking to the parents because I'm putting on this show and yeah. they think I'm cool. I later on, like, once I grew up and started to look back on moments like that, I understood that my family, that was their way of showing affection. Mm-hmm, and absolutely. the fact that they didn't give me everything I wanted off the bat made everything I own so much, much more, more worth it, more worth, appreciation. Yeah. And when it gets stolen or broken, it's like a big deal now, you know? But I would say their whole influence meant the most to me and did the most when they would tell me at the piano, that sounds really good. Because they wouldn't always do that. They'd usually just kind of roam around the house and walk by. Because I'd be practicing all day, every day. They would just constantly hear that shit. But every now and then, they would stop and be like, that was good, do that again. And that's, those were the moments that kept me going for like months. Okay. If you were born with a different name, do you think that might've affected your personality or do you think anybody born with a different name that could affect their personality? Like, do you think if you name someone Karen or Megan or Katie, do you think, (laughs) do you think they might be a little bit more extra? I think that in our generation, it's really hilarious and funny to me that we do have these labels and names for people who act that way because it's weird how many people do low-key kind of fall into the category but i would say i know a few more than a few chads yeah literally but it's it's so weird that it's 
kind of real. Sometimes you, know what you I gotta mean? embrace it. Sometimes but I would you gotta say, embrace it. in my experience, if I had a different name, I don't think I would be that much of a person. I feel like, I mean, different person. Yeah. I feel like that just has to be a coincidence of some sort. Mm-hmm. Because I just can't see my conscience changing. If you if name. you could have any different name, if you could rechoose your name first name now, what would you choose? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Fuck, man, I haven't thought of that. I would say, <laughs> shit. I like the name Jackson. Jackson, I like Jackson. That's a good one. Um, do you have any musicians who inspire you, and what about them inspires you? I have a few. I'd say uh, I have one in very many genres, but the biggest, most influential one would have to be Billy Joe Armstrong. Oh. He was my god and savior as a high schooler, middle schooler, everything. I Gotta agree. Gotta love dopest Billy. Dopest dude ever. Like, okay. So what are some just random fun memories that pop up in your mind when thinking about your career? I really, really like... Two things that mm-hmm. I treasure a lot. I would say the days leading up to me starting to get booked, you know, mm-hmm. and how like just the vibe and how determined I was to just keep it going. Like, I don't give a shit. But also at the same time, it was like so many people around me were doing the same thing. It, just the vibe of being at my friend's house at the time, because we'd always have this little studio we had just off of mm-hmm. 75th and Troost. And it was just a shithole. But we it was our home. <laughs> but it you was know? our <laughs> shithole. Yeah, it was sick. We were just there all the time and just mix. We would smoke. And it was just an everyday thing. We'd always crash out. We were just there. And it was before all of politics got involved. Drama started becoming a thing. It was before. It was when literally only music, weed, and my friendship and going to shows matter. Absolutely. To get somewhere eventually, but at the time, it was so simple. I loved it. And the second greatest memories that I'm proud to be making was when I... Uh, there was a couple of months ago when I had a bunch of different trips out of state for shows. Mm-hmm. I had like five or six of them in different cities back to back within the same week. And that was sick. Exciting. That was so that cool. Exciting. <laughs> that so, was so cool. You mentioned your hype up to the days before your show or your favorite. What is your process of the few days leading up to your show and what do you do the day of a show? Do you have pre-show rituals? What mm. what is what is the day of the show look like to you? Definitely what I'll do is if I have a show I'll I'll have spend spended the last like 2 or 3 days beforehand um Spending only like 30 minutes an hour on like making sure my tracks are cool and everything's set up on record box. But the day of, I'll make sure I wake up really early. I usually do about seven or eight and I'll grab a cup mm-hmm. of coffee. The house has to be cleaned. I don't like writing no, I get or that. doing anything if Absolutely. the house is not clean. And then I'll just sit there and grind all the way to like an hour or two before the show. And just make sure that everything's ready to go. But the biggest thing is I have this weird tendency where every day, uh, nothing has ever gone entirely according to plan the day Mm -hmm. of the show. 
Mm-hmm. Ever. There is always one little bullshit absolutely, problem. Absolutely, absolutely. just has to I, go I, down. I was talking dude. to another person, Reagan, oh, a playhouse, dude. and she says, just always expect Every something. Something's going to go wrong. Just always some have, shit. Something's going to go wrong. That never happens on any other day. Like, mm-hmm. what happened was I found out I was at... Uh, my computer was having problems all day while I was getting ready for my last show, and I had everything ready to go. And when I got to the venue and plugged into the CDJs, I noticed this like weird wave frequency on Mm -hmm. a couple of my tracks. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? So I played it through the headphones and there were these sporadic random little chirps of white noise. Oh man. So loud as fuck, Mm -hmm. like ear piercing at random intervals in some of my music. And that has never, ever happened happened again on my laptop ever. And I would delete the song from the flash drive I would re-download it. I even did it at the venue because mm-hmm. I was not about to play yeah, that shit. Yeah, go out there was... And like, sh- dude, yeah, fuck no. And like, even though I deleted it, re-downloaded it on like four separate times, not only would the waves be in literally the same spot, it would just still be there if not louder and at a different spot. Mm-hmm. So I literally had to just wing it and hope that I could maybe catch it on the mixer before Mm -hmm, those things happen so I could like turn it down really quick or something. But that shit was annoying as fuck. I would say as far as show days go, there's always that one thing. And recently that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That's some dumb shit on shows, bro. Like there was one time I ran out of gas on the highway on the way. Oh man! Like, Dennis I actually had to walk. almost rear-ended somebody <laughs> on the way here. I did not. I did not know it was how oh, I was about to call him. Like, listen, I hate that, I oh. hate that shit. <laughs> so, if you could give go back five years and give yourself some advice, what what would it be? Um, I wish I didn't. I wish someone would have told my younger self that it's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's going to be all right, dude. Just do your thing. Work on you. Focus on you. High school sucked. It was all sorts of shit. And, like, I was just, like, fucking. So my parents, like, because of the rehab deal, they, like, financially, they kept me under the adult shit. So, like, insurance and everything was paid for. But for the first time, I was slapped in the face of, oh, shit. I can't afford rent. Yeah. I can't do this. They're going to kick me out because they did. They dead ass just throw me out and say, figure it out, dude. Like, so at the time I would have told it's myself, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to work it's gonna out. It's going to be all right, dude. Cause now shit's cool. I'm happy. Well, I'm, I'm happy great for you. I'm cool happy up. for you, brother. It takes time, but it, it will be fine. You got to work at it, but it always yeah, is fine. Up. It's so worth What do you think the uh, best adv- piece of advice a musician has given to you? Cordell gave me my first piece of advice in the music scene that not only did I break, but mm-hmm. I also um, I also lived with it for forever. And I've passed it on to so many other artists. I have a really good old guitarist. He used to be in my old band, but he lives in Phoenix, and I've told the same words to him. It was um, to never burn your bridge and just keep your head up. Absolutely. And I was like, Absolutely. dude, yeah. No, I did kind of break some of those here and there along the way <laughs> it's hard not we to all do we all do i made amends where it was due and own my part and still live by cardall's shit of like dude sometimes you gotta know when to shut your mouth because i suck at that sometimes so have you ever participated in a music competition middle school talent show any anything like that honestly no Oh, man. I yeah, bet, no I bullshit, bet you could have burned some kids on a like, cool talent show. I would 
I was content with just... I wasn't content. I take that back because I was so anxiety ridden and terrified no, of performing. Absolutely. That that's where that's where like the drug problem came from. I mm. was just so scared of being on stage. I used to think maybe I could do this and it would make it feel better. Mm-hmm. But I found out that um, because of that anxiety, I didn't later looking back didn't sign up for any kind of competition. I didn't want to be told what I needed to work on. Yeah. Until I got older, and now I'm like. I want to be told what you I want suck. some guy. Yeah, you want dude, that guy I want to know. Now. Like, I get that completely. As a kid, I hated being told anything. Yeah, like, fuck, man, tell me what I need to do. Uh, so, besides music, what do you like to do in your free time? I really love my friends, and um, I like to be outside. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm about to buy a kayak next week. Straight up, dude. I love that shit. And like, one of my absolute favorite things to do outside of music is to just roll up with my friends and go on a hike. Go on a hike? Yeah. We no, like to go I love find like, love some that. cool spot out here. Because I know Latha, there ain't shit mm-hmm. to do out there. Dude. Absolutely. There's nothing. So I have a it. couple good spots in Olathe I can rec- recommend you. I'll no tell shit. you after the show. I got a couple good spots. Oh yeah, bro. You um, know Olathe? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Are you binge watching anything on TV right now? Yeah, and the answer is embarrassing. Okay. Okay. Me and my girlfriend, we got into Vampire Diaries. Oh man! She's watched it sixteen times through, and this is my first time watching it. And I do actually watch it on my free time sometimes. See, I got into true. <laughs> I got into True Blood, but that was HBO. Yeah, facts. Um, <laughs> what is what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Ooh. Ooh. Well, you sure. think I got? I might get a little flat for this. I definitely got Let's while see. it did it. I had a dolphin Philly cheesesteak. So instead of steak, they used dolphin. I had to try. Was it, it kind of fire? Was it? it was kind of fire. Yeah, <laughs> I should have gotten. They had dolphin fingers, <laughs> like chicken finger, but dolphin fingers. I should have gotten that. But yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I would say shit, bro. That's awesome. I can't. I I imagine. I I would do it. Just yeah. once, just to yeah. see. Yeah, kind of like yeah, caviar. No, you know what I mean? Just the one time. Is. Like, yeah, I got a one time for the one time. For sure. That's Dude, what I. I that's what I said. I would not eat dolphin <laughs> all the time. But I was on vacation. I was in Florida. It was the only time I'd ever seen that. And first off, I was like, "Is this even legal?" Yes. And then, legal. then I was like, "Well, I'll give it a shot." Fuck it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. My weirdest would have to be. I remember being in like third grade and I wanted to join this club at recess. Oh, man. And in order to join the club at recess, I had to eat a grasshopper head. Oh, man. And I literally had to take that sucker and just. And we go to school together. I swear (laughs) I remember doing that to some other kid. Shit, bro. Hey, you got to go through the hazing. Oh, it's a classic. That That was the deal. Um, so do you have any uh, guilty pleasure artists? Somebody that you might be a little embarrassed to say you listen to? Um, so I would say I'm like, to other people, I feel like it would be a little embarrassing. To me, I'm like kind yeah. of about it. But there's also the other half to where I don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Still. But I would say Searle, as far as EDM goes. Mm-hmm. That genre, one of the weird ones I'll listen to on my free time is Searle. My girlfriend loves it. I love it. It's cheesy as fuck. And like... 
it's just so melodic and pleasing to my ear to where I'm just able to predict the music and just sit oh, there. Absolutely. Vibe. You know what I mean? Like, shit's dope. Mm-hmm. Mine would be Katy Perry, Avril Lavigne, okay. Miley Cyrus, I do know, Skater Boy, fucking I know, smack. I know all the lyrics to Girlfriend and Skater Boy. Okay. My man. <laughs> my That's man. Facts. So what music did you grow up listening to and when dash what got you into EDM? Um, I started with hair metal. Motley Crue yeah. was my first love concert. Love Motley Crue. Love Motley yeah, Crue. They my were the shit. First concert was Rockfest. Hell yeah. So yeah, dude. my first concert was Rockfest. So I never yeah, got I to go to Rockfest. Oh, man. By the man. time I was like, I want to go, I didn't like. I remember being like fifth shit, grade, bro. smelling so weed for the first time, like, being like, what's that oh, smell? Man. Don't don't worry about it. God damn it, dude. Everyone was telling me how much I was missing out because they all went with their dads and yeah, shit. And yeah. I'm like, me and my dad didn't do that shit. Like, <laughs> you know? I went with a buddy's dad, but That'd my dad sat there warning me. Listen, son, you're going to see some things today. You're going to see some people on the ground. You're going to see some people don't know where they are. Holy shit, dude. I would say definitely hair and metal and the rock fest shit. But then I started going towards, I met this friend by uh, seventh grade, because I just switched schools, because I came from Liberty, Missouri, mm-hmm. and I went to Pleasant Ridge. And this dude and I just got along because our sense of humor is matched up. But I didn't really have a music taste at the time outside of hair metal. And then so him and I would hang out, and he was showing me all the shit of, like, Dookie by Green Day. Where, like... Uh, n- in utero with Nirvana or Bleach, Ooh, he showed me fire, Bleach. Fire. Or like he also even showed me Gish by the Smashing Pumpkins. That was okay. like one of my fucking good friend, good friend, good friend, yeah, dude. And so we started like vibing on that, and all of a sudden, like the like theory behind what this genre is and like what people stand for and like what being a punk means outside of just okay i just look like this because my dumb ass that's all i knew that's <laughs> all i knew was that they look cool and they're famous i guess so that's cool but later on it was just like such a game changer for me to find this sound and music because i came from private school mm-hmm. that was just like how could you take a song and make it stand for something? Because all I knew was classical and yeah. hair metal, really. And like, classical and hair metal. Yeah, God, yeah, like, what a two. Yeah, <laughs> but then I would say uh, I went to rehab in 2016. And when I went there, I started hearing about Dance Fest. Started hearing about Makes like, sense. all this cool shit that I didn't even know existed. And like um, we would have these uh, after our meetings, or kind of like AA meetings, We'd always have these, uh, like, little after parties, kind of, to where we'd all drink a shitload of coffee. <laughs> we'd just, like, oh, my God. We'd just tweak the fuck off of caffeine and then just start headbanging. But there was always somebody DJing. And that's when I started to hear that shit for the first time, really. Because, oh, shit, bro. All I knew before that, too, was just, like, breakbeat. But the the rehab kid showed me rhythm and that you can headbang to this and you can like mosh to this still. And all I knew was like, you can mosh and headbang to metal. I thought EDM was stupid. Yeah. Like I thought Skrillex kind of sucked oh, at the time. Oh, blasphemy. But then I grew up and I figured out how cool he was. Like it just took me a while. I was just mm. a, such a narcissistic music douche at the time. Oh, you know? we all have <laughs> like, one of those friends. Yeah, like, shouts out to Daniel Gilkey. If you ever oh, hear this, shit, shouts out bro. to Daniel Gilkey. Oh, fuck. I totally... 
have done that in my life. And oh, that man. was why I didn't get any EDM. But by the time I did, I was like, I feel like I can do this. Like, DJ, and I feel like I can write this shit. Like, I don't know how, but I bet I can do it. So I would always post on Snap that this is what I'm going to do. Just watch. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I finally did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd ever get anywhere, but yeah. it's been no, cool. Nobody who really gets anywhere sets out trying to get, get there. They yeah, kind of just wander. Um, so do you sing in the shower? And what oh, do you yeah. sing in the shower? I sing in the shower almost every time I take a shower, depending on whether or not my girlfriend's home. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll always, I really like to go through like all the throwbacks and shit. If I'm not oh, like, absolutely. if I'm not super, super baked or something, taking a shower, in that case, I'll listen to like jazz or lo-fi or techno. But... I sing in the shower, and I love to sing the throwbacks because there's something about the reverb of a bathroom. I've even used it on an album I recorded when I was, Mm -hmm. like, 14. But there's something about just that sound in the shower that just reverberates so nice that you can almost hear yourself as Mm -hmm. if you have a Absolutely, absolutely. And so I just, I can't stop. Like, the the voice matches so well with the music that I always do it, for sure. Now, as to what I would sing, shit, bro. It would have to be, very specifically, if we were to shout out the age of throwbacks, it would have to be Dirty Little Secret. Oh, fire. (laughs) Okay, so here's a philosophical question. Are you dreaming right now? How do you know that we're really right here? Are we in a simulation? I say to that, that... It goes along the lines of two things I'll incorporate with it. One is also when I'm faced with the same question of what I think about impending, like, doom doom of the human race. Yeah. You know, like, whether it be <coughs> environmental shit, a meteor, it be World War Three happening right around the corner, war. whatever the fuck is going on there, but, like, all this shit. And I look at it, and I logically know... That all these could be a possibility. possibility. Same with the Matrix. Same with everything that we see in YouTube videos. And like, who's to say it is not true? We don't mm-hmm. have a real disproven theory. Yeah. On. But what we do have is theories made by people who are smart enough to make those make theories. Make those theories. And have the credentials to prove it and back it up. Like, multiple universes and shit. What I do about it is I logically understand that all that does exist and can be a possibility. But I choose to make a conscious decision to almost bring in self manifestation with it and make oh, big my believer in that big own reality what yeah. I want it to be. What you exactly. want it to be. I am a big believer in that. At the end of the day, what's it matter if I'm on a planet or if I'm in a simulation or if I'm dreaming? I want to make the best of yeah, it. Yeah, you At the end so. of the day, nothing of this main prop. Most of this probably doesn't matter. So might as well make the most of it and have the best time that I can. Indeed. I agree heavily. So what is the worst style choice that you think you have ever made? (laughs) That's a good one. Shit, bro. There was a time I've never told this to anyone, deadass. Fucking, my friends knew that I had it and I made it, but I never wore it. So like, except for around my house to try and see if I could pull it off. But I did ask, there was this time where, like, three of my friends were fashion majors at Mm Juco. And so, like, I'd always be around these people who were just dressed as fuck. (laughs) And so it got me super into it. And I started, like, doing it, too, and falling for the same fashion trends they do. But I there was one time we would do this thing where we would just hang out and make clothes, pretty Mm -hmm. much. 
And so I was Fun. doing my own one time, and I had this idea. And it was dope. I had this, like, fucking baggy-ass white sweater, right? It was way too big for me. But its button went down to, like, here, and its sleeves were just, like, the way they fell were, like, super, super wavy and shit. So what I did was I fucking put i grabbed this like little japanese ornament and thought it'd be so cool to put it on like the bottom of the sweater so it like dangles down yeah going but that isn't what made it embarrassing and ugly i thought because we were talking with the fashion majors the next trend was going to be bringing back crop tops oh yes (laughs) no yes i've been waiting so i fucking i fucking did it and i made it like at a slant so it's kind of dope like in theory i was like this diagonal, like, crop top sweater shit with this dangle no, fucking I am Japanese so, dude. That'd be dope. Bro. I am so glad mullets are back. Yeah, I cannot facts. wait I for I cannot wait for crop tops for men to be Straight a thing. <laughs> I, I am excited. I did wear it around the house and my apartment, and I never ended up whipping it out after that. I sold it. But I did put that on and almost do it. I think that was probably my worst fashion choice because I can't personally pull it off. But mm-hmm. my friends who were talking about it could. Okay. 100%. They'd look good. So I support anybody else. But mm-hmm. just me personally, I suck at it. I once dyed my hair bleach blonde and everybody, hey, called, me, everybody called me Sunny D. And hey. I was like, oh, man. Did you fuck with it, though? I love having hey. bleach blonde hair. I then dyed it bleach black and went goth for two years. Hey, so. That's exactly what I did with mine recently. I just straight up threw it back to black and was like, fuck it. So tell me a little bit about your process. When you're making music, what's kind of your routine? What do you do to get the creative juices flowing? There's a lot. I mean, like, for me, music that I will want to hear comes out at random times throughout the day. I've always just had music playing in my head all the time. And usually that's a lot of my own stuff going mm-hmm. on in the head. And so I'll hear this stuff going on and just something will click and I'll be like, dude, I need to write this down. Fuck, so I need a pen. I'll either be by the piano to where I can like figure out what I'm hearing and then write a song theoretically after that, you know, cause then I start to visually see the chords and I can start to understand what I want this song to do after that. But as far as a melody goes, I always, if I can't get anywhere, I'll whip out the voice memo okay. on the iPhone. And that's my first step to just having shit on archive, ready smart, to go. Smart. When I'm yeah, like, shit, I need to release this song. Like people are expecting something. My plan is hopefully I have this archive of demos where I can just be like, Listen, oh shit, cool. I Do you ever go something. back and think like, what the hell was I thinking? Oh, or yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah, I definitely sure. get drunk and I yes, write down ideas I'm and hammered. I'm like, six men in a truck? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> it's always when I'm hammered. Always. Yeah. The only time I've written a cool song while like actually fucked out of my gourd was off of L for sure. Okay. I wrote a really good one and I still plan on putting that one out on an EP in the future. So, do you prefer to make music or listen to it? Definitely both. Definitely both. I'd have to say both. Because it's like, I want to write down personally what I hear. That's like my number one priority. But I want to listen to it back over and over and over. Especially other people's art that I find great. I just overdo it so much. It's just on repeat. There was a time I've listened to on like a 40-minute drive or so. I listened to the same song, I think, like, fucking 
easily 28, 30 times. Jeez. And I was just kind of like, I didn't realize it till the end. And I was like, fuck, dude, this has been on repeat that whole fucking See, time. See, it took me till my fourth or fifth week of making podcasts to listen to him. I just I I was nervous. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah, facts. Uh, and then it. I was like, I don't need to listen to it. I lived it. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> so when you make music, are you doing it for yourself or are you making it with the public in mind? Uh, I would say lyrics are more of a public thing, for sure. And then the music itself, though, I'm usually thinking about what I think is good. And as far as what I think is good, I think weighing in public opinion goes into that. It's a good business move. I don't think it should be everything. Absolutely. I think there's a balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should come <clears throat> from the heart, <clears throat> but you should also take in other people's Straight up. criticism in mind. Of course. You got to also know what like people are going to be able to follow. You know, like I can't do some like, super crazy random fucking uh time signatures and just crazy yeah. shit that no one's going to be able to follow you know absolutely so how do you feel that your style has evolved since you started making music really um i would say it's pretty much as far as evolving goes what i hear in my head evolves with it if that makes sense because i'll mm -hmm. have like this plan what i want to do per album and like these sounds and notes that i'll have to write down and be like remember do this after said release because like i want my sound to progress to other people because i don't want to have the same thing every song what made those albums so great um as a kid was the fact that the album was a story in itself mm -hmm. and every song was its own thought little Yes. In its own journey. And I want that to be the same thing. I don't want to be held down to one genre entirely, but I want it still all to come down to EDM. And in that way, I would say my music has progressed because I used to be in like separate art stuff for my music. Mm -hmm. Like I was mm -hmm. in a punk band, I was a DJ, and I was a music teacher. And while I was there, I did this to write on it. Never thought about making punk beats on some EDM? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I love that. So I brought it all together, and that's where a lot of my shit, I would say, has evolved. Because in the mm -hmm. past, it really was just per instrument, you know, or per so, combo. So how do you feel like your personality is reflected in your music? I would say... I would say specifically in the chords. Mm -hmm. It would be, if I were to express myself musically, I think about how much I love chords because I'm more of a music person than I am lyrically. And what it does is there's, I like to use predictable chord progressions unless I don't want it that, but even when they are predictable. Okay. I like to add these special notes for color that really kind of clash almost but are still in key but if you make one that's like music theory a little bit is kind of like half a step from the octave it makes this clash basically is all that i want mm -hmm. to be said because it takes i try to say that i like to believe i am somebody that probably is pretty predictable too i imagine i am to the outside world and at the same time though still has these clashes here and there and stuff that will resolve eventually and I think I do that in my music in that same sense. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, who closes the the bus door when the driver gets off? 
The bus? Yeah, the bus. You, the bus <laughs> doesn't. It, are they all magic school buses? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Okay. What strengths do you have that make you think that you're good at what you do? I would say just practice hours. I've always told everybody, even my own students, that it doesn't, I don't really believe in natural talent mm-hmm. at all. I literally just, again, from teaching practice. other people, yeah, practice. I have spent so much time in my life doing this, and that is the only reason why I can play what I can. It's you can do the same thing, and it's just hours of practice. I would say, like, on paper, I have that, I guess, mm-hmm. in quotes, above others, but it's also, like, I don't know that. And these people who don't have the same practice can and will be just as good, if not better. Absolutely. You know? So do you have any weaknesses that you're currently working on? I would say I'm always still working with my piano because I've never stopped since I was a kid. The piano Absolutely. was just the one that stuck with me. I always want to learn the I piano always want to learn because more. I feel like that's a good jump off point it is. to other, other instruments. It's awesome. If you can play a piano, you understand an orchestra, mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. literally everything. But I would say that instrument and I keep going. And as far as growth, I would say, because I kind of treat it like I'm trying to get my master's degree, even though I'm not in college, because mm-hmm. I just want to know everything. And one thing that I suck at right now is I need to get better at sight reading. Absolutely. So do you ever get nervous? And how do you deal with pre-show jitters? Well, well, um, I would say I get nervous literally all the time still. Absolutely. It's not something Absolutely. that just went away. away as much as it's always exactly what you just said. What you just said was pre-show jitters. And what I found out is once I am on stage, I'm still shaky. And when I was a kid, it was really hard to play because I was so shaky that there was times that I would deadass just walk off stage. I have done that in front of like 300 people. But... I was young, and it was just a lot to handle and try mm, to figure out, bro. Absolutely. What I found out was once I'm finally up there, and this is another thing I wish I could have told myself as a kid, is once you power through it and you are up there, the adrenaline becomes almost a stimulant. And it just, mm. I'm in my own fucking world. Even when I am facing the crowd, talking to them, or like interacting with them, I'm still just on my own fucking planet, and you don't even feel it, dude. Like once you're just... Do something you love to death. You don't even notice there's no crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, You're just doing what you love. Indeed. It's sick. Okay, I would so, say that's it. Say you're playing a show and the crowd looks bored, not very hyped. What do you do to get them going? I would say it depends on what show I have done. And where I'm playing. And it's just really like part of being a DJ is reading the crowd. And it's hard. And the biggest and most important thing is Mm -hmm. to balance that with your own art. So how could I both be a good investment for this company to keep this crowd wanting to come back while still making it something I enjoy? And I would say the first thing I'll do is I will create a show that is interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a piano. That's why mm-hmm. 
I'll always have like chopping and different channels and different effects and something going on all the time. And when I'm not doing that, I am headbanging. And if I'm not doing that, I would really like to start going like into the crowd with them while something's playing and like start a pit or something. Absolutely. Really try to make my show more of that live performance mm-hmm. experience. Experience, a whole experience. I would say it starts with a visual cue like that. Mm-hmm. After that, if that's not working, you switch genres. For sure. Absolutely. I have two that I love to death, and I'll switch to that one, and then I'll build a show off of that okay. on the spot if I have to. You have to sometimes. Mm-hmm. The crowd, you gotta work, you yeah, gotta work and play with the crowd. So can you tell me about your worst performance and what did you learn from it? I remember it like it was yesterday, dude. It was uh, Open Next Riot Room. It was my first one. Mm-hmm. I had never touched CDJs before. All I had was a DDJ 400, and I was panicking beforehand. I was freaking absolutely, out. Absolutely, absolutely, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I have no idea how this shit works. I don't even know if my USB is going to load my fucking music. These people expect me to be there at this specific time. Holy shit, now traffic's backing up. Like, I was freaking oh, out. Oh, man. It was bad. And so I ran into that bitch. I couldn't afford anything at all either. So I paid to get into the riot room with quarters. Oh, man. I fucking walked in there. And... um. It it ended up being a good time, kind of. But I walked in there, and pretty much immediately, I started pacing back and forth in front of the stage. Even though there was like nobody there, there was maybe like six people there. Hey, and it buddy, are like, you okay? Yeah, dude, I was freaking out, like just like pacing. And uh, people said hi, and I was just like, "Yeah, what's good? What's up? What's, what's good? What's not shit?" Like I grabbed some water, ran up on that bitch on the decks, on the decks, and fucking. I played the worst show I've ever played. Oof. And uh, it was because at the time, you mentioned putting punk into EDM. I, I love that idea. Right. I've constantly so, been thinking that. I had this thing that I did at the time where I was kind of, I promise you I'm getting somewhere with this, but I had this thing that I did at the time where I was using Rekordbox recording ability to produce music through samples and effects and a manipulation of the originals. And what I would also do was record at home me playing the live instruments, i.e. the drums or the guitar. And I would have these acoustic hi-hats and snares and guitar and everything going on all at the same time. And I would put it into EDM. So that was the kind of set that I played at the time. It was all this own produced. I suffered sound quality because Mm -hmm. of it. But it was cool. I called it punk step. It was like this thing that I really wanted to do just to make it all punk rock see i really like that idea i have a few friends that are in a punk rock band i mm-hmm. can really get behind that dude that's i used to be that used to be it i used to bring a guitar on stage instead of a keyboard see i think that would really get get the show going and i'd love to see these small girl head bangers banging their heads and showing up punk rock straight kids. up yeah for, i know i know the community can do it too for my next release after this ep on coming out i want it to bring the punk step back now that i have the equipment to do it organically mm-hmm. myself i want to that to be like the first real album done release that i have is like punk step i want it back you know absolutely absolutely i can very much get behind that um do you have a distinct sound and how would you describe your sound to somebody who is new to edm uh i would say right now 
my drops are like this experimental deep dub min tempo but then my music in between is like synthesizer somatic almost mm -hmm. i try to make it this super i don't know because i have that classical shit still where still i have ingrained. to do that yeah so ingrained in there to where it's like some of it does have strings here and there but the lyrics and everything that comes with it and the synths equalized in there just right makes it sound new almost it's Absolutely. like an electric orchestra you have any uh crazy stories of having to deal with crazy fans or just dealing with some stupid people in the crowd or anything like that oh shit bro uh definitely it, it always gets wild. You never know what the Absolutely. fuck they're going to do. Never gonna you know, know what, what I mean? Like, yeah. There's always like that one deal that goes on, I would say, per show, just like earlier, only it's the crowd. There's always that one dude. Yeah. Like, I remember I've always seen that one guy just like tweaking out and like walking around and not knowing what the hell is going on at all. No matter how small the show is, there's always that one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I would say as crazy as I've ever seen it would have to be, I would say it was when, it was honestly one of my best friends, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay. Oh, dude. Oh, it was terrible. We were at, um, we were at fucking, where was it? I think it was... It was Suicide Boys, and oh, I was going to play an fire. after party. Fire. So I had everything on, and I had my flash drive and everything in the crowd, but I snuck in to get there, and I had no idea my best friend was even going, and he's mm -hmm. like that ass my main Best home. friend, main friend. And I had no idea he was going. I was going because my girlfriend was, and I was just going to meet her there because we got free tickets. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, sick. Oh, wait, no, we didn't. I snuck in. <laughs> That's why I thought it was free. <laughs> but fucking... I got in there, and it was a bitch to get in there through that way because I thought I could do it oh, off the I'm bat. I'm sure, I'm sure. I couldn't afford the, it. Yeah, uh, amphitheater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did this whole deal, and once I got in there, I couldn't get into GA because I didn't have a bracelet, oh, and I didn't put that together. Man. So I lost everyone. Oh, I came there with a squad, man. and I was going to meet we'll my girlfriend back. We'll there. be back. Literally, they were like, just meet us here. It's cool. And... I literally just had to sit out by the bars and everything mm -hmm. and like sit by the rail, like way the fuck back. But the craziest shit I saw was that night from my best friend, dude. This dude just, I was just like looking around the crowd and hanging out, smoking a cigarette. And I just see this dude fucking face plant. Oh, just like, man. Do the deal. <laughs> and my other good friend, Van, is right behind him. And I was like, Ian? And Van's like, Mikey, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. go. And I was like, dude, what? And they just grabbed me and they went to the bathroom and he's like, dude, Ian's fucked. He can't Ian's function. Fucked. He Shit's like, gone bad. Dude, he tried to pee on this guy in the crowd. He got into a fight. This whole deal. The cops are coming now because they think I have a knife. And I was like. Because they think I have a knife. I yeah, do, but dude. fuck. Dead ass, dude. <laughs> I was like, bro, what? I was just chilling like. I had no idea you guys were even here. You're lucky I even saw your ass. Yeah, like, really? And they're both obviously just so dysfunctional. And fucking what he did that night, we ended up like uh, the homies tried to fight like seven cops oh, all that one time. no. And like Sorry, all just it. so pissed drunk that they all had blood on their face from falling on the ground and shit. 
And I have never seen that from any fan ever, but I have seen it from my best friends. Absolutely. And that night I did not participate. I drove them home. <laughs> and good I was for so you, your good friend. Lividly pissed you at needed them. It. I was so fucking angry. Like I could not believe they just did that. But yeah. That's also what I'm saying. Those are the people in the crowd, though. Like, yeah. you don't know. Like You don't know. It's <laughs> always something. There's always imagine. a wild card <laughs> yeah, in there. If you could throw a benefit concert, charity concert, for any cause, what cause would you choose and why? Oh, shit. I would say it would be to... It'd be this whole thing from to help out other kids who need that drug addiction help and point it in the right direction. Yeah. I wouldn't say Guidance, straight brother. up any rehab or anything, but I think there's this one cause that I really want to back behind in the future to where there's this place that a lot of my friends and I went to that like, so rumor has it in according to whatever the fuck they like the FBI is looking at him as a cult. And oh, if that man. becomes a real thing from the court and I get to see the documents, I want to be one of the ones that comes up and says something. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Because that place changed my life in a great way, great but way put you also in the right did a direction. lot of bad things. Absolutely. And so I would say if there's a chance to ever actually do justice for some kids who've dropped hundreds of thousands of dollars into that shit, absolutely. I would help them for sure. So... How do you see your sound evolving in the next several years? Do you have any plans to keep experimenting with new genres? What genres? And any collaborations? I would say for sure I would like to have my next one be Punk Step again and move in that direction because I was just mm -hmm. so happy doing that. No, I, I completely I love what that. I'm doing I now, but what I'm doing that. now is just kind of get the feel for really getting my stuff down what I want on Ableton and showing mm -hmm. people I can do it. And then the next one's really going to be like what I want my shows to be. And I want it to be punk rock again. Absolutely. You know? No, I would, I would say love that. Collabs wise, I have a few that I've had for a while now. We've mm -hmm. been working. I would say one of the ones that I've made public so far was Hashlow. Him and I have been working for a fat minute on an album that honestly I've had written since I was probably 14 mm -hmm. and he came along, heard it when I was playing the guitar with him one time and now he wants to make it into a real deal. And I would like to do that. That'll be something that comes out. But something that I aspire to is I would really like to do a collab with Austin. Okay. Okay. Who would be your absolute dream collab if you could m make a song with anybody? I want to keep it EDM. I want to keep it EDM. So I would say if I ever could have, it would have been IO. Mm -hmm. And in the future, I would say, you know, I really want to see what Rez does sound design wise. Absolutely. I don't like her build-ups and mm -hmm. her musical what's well, like going on in the music but i really really love that sound design and mid-tempo as a whole is just ingenious i thought it was genius to non-edm wise i would say i think it would be dope to collab with like nikki six 
Oh, that'd be sick. Fuck yeah, yeah. dude! Imagine just spinning a day with Nikki Six. See, just yeah, diving. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, wanted, I would either want to do a punk rock. I yeah, would want to do like a hair band, or I'd want to do like Suicide Boys or Hollywood oh, Undead dude. myself. That would that, be too. That's, but their beats are already so sick. Yeah, straight up, bro. I would say either them or obviously Green Day. I would like. Oh, I would hell kill. Yeah. I would kill. Just I've said this to my girlfriend one time. We were. We were just like splitting a bottle of wine together and I was crying to her just thinking about like if I just had just one day just to be like, all right, bro, like I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I just want to know like I'm not going to ask shit about like connection, about like who the fuck you are or oh my God, I love you. I just want to know what it's like. Yeah. What is it like to just be that? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious. want to know and I would say thank you for your time and I would leave. Well, we're running a little bit short on time, so I'm going to ask one last question I think yes, everybody sir. wants to know. How did you come up with your name? Uh, <laughs> when I was in high school and it transferred later on in rehab. Yeah. Same friend went to rehab. He used to always say Castro's a party. Okay. And so okay. I took that and was like, you know what? I want my persona on stage just to be me and... That's a cool little thing I remember happening. So that's the deal. We're doing Castro. Uh, yeah. Ever consider anything else? Was there anything else uh, ever on the table? Uh, I wanted Rad Hazard. Rad Hazard. Oh, I like that. That I was like the only that. other one I thought of way back in the day, but didn't do it. I okay. didn't want a copyright problem. So why don't you tell me what upcoming shows do you got? What do we have to look forward to in the future? Um, Just honestly, the next stuff coming up with Crowd Control. That'll be it. Absolutely. You know, in the meantime, I've been spending so much time in hunkering down on producing. It's pretty much all the albums are going to start really making their way through with sneak peeks, samples, and marketing. And I'm going to focus on my merch, too. Absolutely. And in the meantime... Can't wait to cop a jersey. We're just waiting for the next big thing. That's all. Mm -hmm. Just preparing. Okay. Well, I would like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. It's been an absolute blast to have you on. Of course. And for the listeners, I would like to thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to listen. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Be forward to looking for more for Castro. And you guys be safe. And remember, this is only done. This is only possible due to you, the listener. So likes, ratings, reviews, telling your friends. Everything is so much so much appreciated if you want to continue hearing things and if you want to keep getting bigger and bigger people just keep liking keep sharing keep telling everybody thank you and have a good night